525,600 minutes, Cider Company's Concord Grape. Okay, so... It's like apple cider, but grape juice. Okay. It's delicious. Do you want to try? I actually do. I feel like I can get down with that. Okay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's cider. Yeah. Okay, I like that. And, like, the aftertaste is on point. Right. It doesn't give you... Do you remember that commercial, Bitter Beer Face? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Didn't, didn't have that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is pleasant. And, and where did you get that from? I call it the used grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think its real name is the Canned Food Grocery Outlet. Okay. Right down the street. I might As I triangulate where I live. Please don't hunt me down. <laughs> I don't know if I have enough fans for that. Most of you already know me. It's all good. Oh, no. I live in West L.A. Born and raised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or is that West Philadelphia, born and raised? It's West Philadelphia. <laughs> I actually went to Philadelphia several years ago. I've been there a few times. And the first time we were there, we were like big time tourists. And we were going to go watch a Phillies game. And so we're like cruising around West Philadelphia. And we know because we were singing it the entire time, right? Of like, And we asked some guy, we're like, do you know where the stadium is? And he's just like, oh, you guys are in the wrong part of town. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? 
<laughs> like, are you sure? Would have never known. Right. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's like miles that way. Oh, thanks, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> At least he warned you. He did. And we got lost there the first day. I, I think it was actually too early to have been lost. So our first day, we check into the hotel and we start like, we're going to go see the Liberty Bell. And we get to the subway entrance and we're staring at the map and this woman just comes over right away. She's like, all right, where are you trying to go? <laughs> <laughs> like, like clearly you guys do not belong here. <laughs> because locals don't look at the maps. Right. Clearly. Right. Yeah. It's like, where are you trying to go? And they were so helpful all over Philadelphia. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the East Coast. If I could live anywhere, and I tell everybody this, I would live in New York City. Really? I love New York City. I love, well, I can't say everything about it because I've only been in there during the summer. Well, and also nobody likes everything about anywhere. True. Exactly. Let's be real. But I do love everything about New York. I've never been there during the wintertime and living in California, um, having a snow in or a snow day. Snow day. Yeah. We don't have those things here. That's like a completely different, like that's mm -hmm. a different language for me. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if in California, they were like, oh, you have a snow day. It would be like the end of the world. Exactly. I remember my senior year of high school, it snowed. And by snow, I mean, it was hail. And then yeah. for half of a second, it was like this little bit of snow. Mm -hmm. And the minute it hit the ground, it dissolved. Yep. So it didn't really snow, but that's what it we... was a light flurry for 10 minutes. And that was it. Like our yeah. teacher, our teachers let us go outside. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's snowing, and we were so excited, and that was in 2001, 2002. Nice. Never seen snow in California since then. I mean, unless you go up to the mountains. It closed down one of the bridges. Like, I don't think it was the Bay Bridge, but a couple of years ago recently, like in Napa, it was snowing, and it stopped traffic because nobody knew what to do with themselves because there was a light dusting of right. snow in the air. <laughs> Panic! <laughs> exactly. People on the East Coast make fun of us all the time. Yeah. Meanwhile, the next year, forest fires on both sides of the roads, and people are like, yeah, eh, of course. What? No big deal. Whatever. Of course. It's just fire. Just <laughs> blow it out. Yep. <laughs> it's fire season. It's all right. We're used to the heat. Mm -hmm. If I could live anywhere, it would be New York City. I like that. Love it. You'd have to be a Yankees fan. I think you could get behind that. Is that baseball? Oh, God. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Perfect. I'm a football girl, so. Okay. Uh, New York Giants. Jets. Hmm. I think there that's might be more. New, that's it for New York, but there's a Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, yeah, football. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but I myself am a Denver Broncos fan. Oh. I was born into it. My dad was born and raised in Denver. Okay. So when I was born, he was like, you're a Broncos mm -hmm. fan. You come by it honestly. That's what it is. I like that. I became a Broncos fan when Peyton Manning switched over because I love him. He's a, he's great. I love him. He's such a nice guy. He took him to two Super Bowls. The first one was, ooh, we're not going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But the second one, mm -hmm. I mean, even though he truly didn't win that one, the defense <laughs> did. I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> but still. Peyton, I love you. Yeah. See, that's why we like players, not teams. Yeah. No matter what sport I'm watching, and hate me for it if you want to, but if I see a good play, I'm going to cheer. And that also is including like when I'm in the game and playing against another team. Like If you make an awesome catch, you deserve to be told that. Right. Either during the game or after while it, we're having some beers. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And that's why I've never understood the hate 
against great players. So many people hate LeBron James. Mm. How can you hate him? Yeah. He's a great player. Well, and also his charity work. Just side note. Just putting that out there. Humanitarian. Not saying that each sports person has to do anything, but Mm -hmm. he's done more for the black community than Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. would ever do. Yeah. So why are we praising Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan gave us Hanes underwear with tagless briefs. You're right. Fruit of the Loom. Was it? Oh, was, was it? it? I, I think it was. Fr- Clearly, those commercials didn't do good much. enough. <laughs> Tagless. It was one or the other and clearly not good enough because I don't wear them. Mm. Yep. I go with me undies. I don't know if you've tried them. Me undies are real big in the gay community. Okay. Have you heard of them? I have not. Let me explain them to you. Um, the brand is called Me Undies, spelled just like it is. I'm pretty sure it was started by a couple of queer people, but I honest to God don't know. And they just have fun underwear selections and they're the softest underwear you've ever felt in your life. That's what I need. And they don't sponsor us yet, but, but they I will. sponsor them. <laughs> <laughs> Me undies, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Out to adult. Yep. <laughs> Love your product. Love your product. I've gotten a lot of people hooked. Okay. And I think I might have to look that up. Mm-hmm. It's like the older you get, the more it's based on comfort. Yeah. You don't care what. Well, and also, it looks like, like, when you make your own money, you can spend it on what you want. That too. Okay. So we've been talking for a few minutes. Let's introduce you. <laughs> so, as always, I am Katie Cleary, still. And I am Sharita Gaskin. And I have known Sharita for like 10 or 12 years or 20. I'm not sure at this point. It's been a while. It's been a minute. And Sharita used to be a cheerleader with my brother and sisters. And she was a flyer. And so she was the girl that they chucked 30 feet into the air. Very high into the air. Very high. And then would like spin around and do splits and stuff. And my sister, Sarah Lynn, was her base. So my sister was the one who caught her when she came down. Threw her up, caught her when she came down. Now, one of the things about Sharita is we were at a Christmas party a few years ago, and we were at a two-story house. And of course, at 2 a.m., what do you do with a bunch of drunk cheerleaders but throw each other in the air? Why not? Right. That's the best thing to do. No reason why you would not do that. Full-blown photo shoots and throwing people in the air. That's what you get when you mix the gay cheerleader men and the straight cheerleader women. And And alcohol. alcohol. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. There it is. So... Everyone, like all the cheerleaders are in the living room and there's a two-story house. And so it's like plenty of room to be throwing people in the air. They threw Sharita so high, she slammed into the ceiling. I think that's a lot of the reason why I don't remember a lot of things. I think that you're right. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And Douglas is walking by giggling because he was there that night. He, he knows. probably was my back spot. <laughs> <laughs> So if ever you get a cheerleader with a concussion, it's because the back spot missed. You're right. Okay, so Sharita is here to talk to us about mental health. May is Mental Health Awareness Month here in the United States, and Sharita has some experience in this realm. I do, actually. Um, I, growing up, I was a very happy-go-lucky person, very cheerful Everybody always had good things to say about me. You're so positive. You're so fun. You're so full of energy. Mm. And that kind of was what I thought who I was as an individual. 
you kind of let their words define you. However, their words were a reflection of your attitude already. Correct. Okay. So, I mean, e- even now, people who meet me, they're like, you're so fun. You're so positive. You are great fun, <laughs> as evidenced by the shots we just took. Exactly. So, I like to have fun. But c- fast forward to 2011 is when I had my first and only child. And after I had him, I fell into deep depression. Not because I didn't love my child, mm-hmm. but because I was suffering for some, from something called postpartum depression. Which is very real. It's so real. And I didn't think it was a thing because, one, nobody really talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, two, people, again, defining me as this happy person thought, oh, well, I could never in my life be depressed. Ever. Interesting. That is not how it works. Not at all. Folks. So <laughs> we, we are going to dive into that. But just so you know, that's not how it works. Not even a little bit. Because what I didn't understand about depression was it wasn't a feeling. It's a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. So I was that person that was, why are you depressed? You have good things going for yourself. How is it that you can be depressed? You're a multimillionaire. How is it that you can be depressed? You're famous. Mm-hmm. So I used to think these things. Um, Robin Williams. I know. Yikes. I know. And that is one of the saddest things mm-hmm. because he based his career off of being a comedian. Off of bringing joy to other people. To other people. And he, oh my gosh, that was like a sucker punch to the gut. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to feel depressed, I pushed it off as, I don't know. I just pushed it off as I'm a new mom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell anybody I was I was feeling depression symptoms, but I was, you know, the person that goes onto Google and they're like, my left big toe hurts. What could be my <laughs> yeah. problem? And then all of a sudden they're dying from cancer. Yeah, I was just gonna say, it's cancer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did you even recognize it as depression? Like, did you know what it was or did you just think you were overtired because you were a new mom? Like, what are some of the symptoms you were experiencing? So the symptoms, I was crying for no reason. Mm-hmm. I Now, I bonded well with my kid, and that's very important. Because if you look up the symptoms mm-hmm. of postpartum depression, one of the biggest things is I'm not bonding with my kid. Oh, I was bonding well with my child. Yeah. But I was crying all the time. I was having these thoughts in my head. I was having suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure it out why. But I'm looking through the entire list and the only thing that stuck out to me was you're not bonding with your kids. So I was like, well, duh, obviously I'm not depressed because I'm bonding with my kid. Yeah, not checking all the boxes. So clearly it's something else. Exactly. And I couldn't figure out what it was. So Mm -hmm. I let it go. Right. And I didn't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And after- Not even like your mom? Nobody. best friends? Hold on. What is this? My cookies. Okay. (laughs) Every time we sit down to record, we get a delivery of something. Usually it's pizza. Today it's cookies. Cookies. Listen, they don't deliver in my area. I have to, I have to get these cookies. I've heard great things about them. Oh, they're great. You had some the other day when you were over. 
Okay. So I've Here. got my cookies. Okay, so you told nobody, including your mom, doctor. Nobody. Okay. Not, a, not a single soul. And it got to the point where it transferred from postpartum to just depression. Mm-hmm. Because there's a difference between postpartum depression and depression. And What's the difference? So somebody who is depressed, who has not had a child, comes, it's very, it comes from their brain, obviously. And my postpartum depression, I could have gotten that under control, mm-hmm. but because I let it go for so long, it just turned, it was no longer postpartum because it was like two years later. Mm. Because your child had turned six <laughs> and you're like, yes, it can't be well, postpartum that's not, anymore. That's not postpartum anymore. No. <laughs> and so it just went from postpartum depression and I just let it go for so long. Mm-hmm. It just became depression. And still, I just kept saying, telling that myself. That long. Yeah. Oh, and, and I knew you time. then, and you were still a positive, fun person to be around. Absolutely. Because putting on a mask is real. It is. It's very real. And that's all I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. I have to be this happy person. And, and then I just started masking it with alcohol. Mm. And I didn't know that's what I was doing. Okay. And I... I still enjoyed doing the things that I was doing. I was working for a cheerleading company and doing the things that I love to do. Mind you, I had a C-section. Eight weeks after I went to my doctor and I said, am I free? And my doctor said, absolutely. And I went to open gym that night and was stunting and tumbling and throwing standing tucks. Mm -hmm. Mind you, they said, make sure you take it easy. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, Just go full bore right away. Sure did. Because I I don't know if I felt like I was missing something, but I wanted to get back into my reality. Right. And, but I wanted to jump into my reality with a kid. Because that is your reality. That is my, I I had a child. mm -hmm. Your life changes. And it does. And it's not for the, it's not for the worse. I mean, I would not never have my kid. Right. That's the best thing that's happened to me. And I know people say that all the time. Oh, that's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But he truly is the best thing that had happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even if I didn't go through postpartum depression, I feel like I still would have eventually ended up with depression. I can see that. I think for a lot of us, it's unavoidable because it really is. It's a chemical imbalance in your brain. And some of it's genetics. Some of it, a whole lot of it is stuff they still don't understand some of it is um brain injury in the past like concussions and stuff that cte yes with football players and boxers yep. and wrestlers yep tar black tar on the brain yeah <laughs> which you can't find out until the autopsy right mm-hmm. so they can't just go in and look i listened to this podcast it's called crime and sports definitely not sponsored but <laughs> i listen to them and they always talk about their brain injury sports yes. brain injury sports and those are the people that do these things that you would never think they could do. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until they've one killed themselves right. or they died that they go and they look and their brain is pudding. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they say. It's, it's literal pudding. Yeah. Junior Seau was a football player. I don't know, maybe in the eighties and eighties, nineties, he played for the, at the time, San Diego chargers. There you go. I'm a football girl. <laughs> Nice. Yankees is that baseball. (laughs) Um, So Junior Seau had this tar on his brain from too many concussions. And he had said for a while, like he wanted his brain to be studied. And so when he killed himself, he shot himself in the heart, I believe. He did. To preserve his brain to be studied. 
And then I remember back and forth, the family was like, didn't want the autopsy to happen because of, I think, religious re- reasons. Correct. But they ended up doing it and they're like, no, this concussion thing is real. And, and it's very real because another person, he was an athlete, Chris Benoit, he did the same thing. He shot his entire family and then oh. shot himself in the heart Yikes. so that they could study his brain. Mm-hmm. And the amount, the the levels of CTE, Yeah, it was ridiculous. And how awful that these guys knew it. Right. They knew something was wrong because it gets to a point where you know something is so wrong that you can't trust your own thoughts. And without having an answer, it is incredibly frustrating. We have added Douglas to the conversation. He is here. He's our roommate. You've heard us talk about him a little bit, especially on last week's episode, where Ashley and Amy both had some great things to say about Douglas. (laughs) If you were a fan of the show, you'd know what I was talking about. (laughs) Um, I did not approve anything that was said. So um, my lawyer would be in contact. I'm kidding. (laughs) I I think I am your lawyer. Douglas Spell Lawyer. (laughs) We have also hooked Ashley up with a microphone. She's adjusting it right now. She's on the fourth microphone because I think she's just here for added commentary slash to call me on my bullshit. I mean, who knows Katie best than Ashley? Douglas. You're right. (laughs) Wait, what? That was a compliment. That was a great compliment. I didn't fully hear it. Because oh, <laughs> we're brothers. I was thinking about what. <laughs> Proceed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so where are we starting? Oh, another thing. Hold on. Total tangent. I apologize. And we all know who likes the D in this room. <laughs> build your own six pack right from my ice chest. Uh, mm-hmm. Pineapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pineapple rose. Okay, so let me introduce Douglas. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now that we all have our drinks and we all have a microphone, mm. and yep. Yeah. Hold on, let me get mine. Perfect. Yep. And now, folks, back to my not an alcoholic. I am drinking, again, with the Portland Cider Company. I highly recommend them. Highly. They're very good. A little pineapple rosé. She's not endorsed, so future reference. Endorser. Still still looking for any kind of sponsorship. Any kind. Mm. And I'm drinking truly Mm -hmm. with a hint of lime. Mmm, Douglas? And I'm drinking anything I see. I like that. Yep. I'm drinking a Deep Eddy brand Mm -hmm. orange Oh, sorry. Real Orange from Austin, Texas. Yep. And we did the Grapefruit Deep Eddy the other day, which pulled terrible. Unforgiving. You saw it on our Instagram. I, we yeah, did. It we was did. one of those things that you did it and you're like, oh, there's another regret in my life. Yeah. There, it nothing. was. But you know what? No. No ragrets. No ragrets. Mm. Ra- rugrats. Oh, the cartoon. Same. There's a couple rugrats around here. Oh, there's multiple. Yep. Okay, so Douglas also came into the fold through cheer. My siblings will tell you that I am the cheer fail of the family because... (laughs) 
Sharita's over here pumping her fist. <laughs> well, you build a spring floor in the background, but right. we'd perform. Yeah. Which is fine. So which is I fine. grew up playing baseball, not even softball, like baseball with the boys. And then. Oh, once no. Double arm swing. Baseball. Yeah. Hardball. Overhand. Hard. Big field. Yep. Little ball. Yeah. Yep. That's the one. Okay, and so once the girls, Sarah, Lynn, and Jennifer, my sisters, got into high school, they also started cheerleading. And then, I don't know at what point Dylan, my brother, got involved, but he was a grown-ass man cheerleader as well. Like, this is a PSA, folks, for mental health awareness. Douglas, Sharita, and myself all have had issues varying degrees over Mm. the last several years for a variety of reasons. Namely, the chemical imbalances in our brain, which modern science has yet to decipher for us in any kind of legitimately meaningful way. So, Sharita, I believe you were telling us about your postpartum depression, which then, you know, once Miles, once your child got to be two years of old age, you were like, not postpartum anymore. It's more than postpartum. So I, again, turned to alcohol as, okay, this is... I can drink alcohol and all my problems will go away. For a minute. For a minute. But the thing is, is I didn't understand that people used me. So I would drink and people, what I didn't realize is people used me to be like, oh, she's being this ridiculous person. And long story short, I was trying to get to a cheerleading competition because I was working it. I was judging the competition and all odds were against me. And it was one of those things where I could have driven there, but it was so far away. And my my car was like 37 years old. So obviously I cannot drive past 30 miles. And something else happened and something else happened and something else happened. And it got to the point where I was getting so frustrated and with depression and what which I learned was anxiety. Yes. Is they go hand in hand, folks. If you are not familiar, anxiety and depression are kind of two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. They very much go together. And the more familiar you are with the symptoms of each, the easier it is to see the relation. And I will tell you, it took me years before I realized there was a connection. Go me ahead. too. So what I didn't realize is I would think shit that was, it it wasn't going to happen. And that's what anxiety is. Yes. Is you think the worst of the worst of the shit that will never happen. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get to this. I'm trying to get to my job and I couldn't get there. So my first thought was, well, fuck this. I'm driving myself off a cliff. Oh, been there. So I called my mom. So I'm at the Greyhound. So I've been through, I can't drive there Mm -hmm. because my car won't make it. I'm going to try to get an oil change. All the oil change spots are closed. Cool. I'll try to catch a train. I missed my train by two minutes. So now, folks, you are compounding an issue where already your brain is anxious. Right. You're worried about Mm -hmm. a legitimate thing. This is not even just a hypothetical. This is now a legitimate thing. I might get fired from my job because I am going to be late. And you are doing what you're supposed to be doing to get there on time and do your thing. Correct. Right? And, okay, step one, fails. Step two, fails. Attempt number three, fails Fails. again. 
So I'm at the I'm at the train station. I'm at Amtrak. I missed my train by two minutes. So I said, well, fuck it. I'll go to the Greyhound. I get to the Greyhound and guess what day it is? It's daylight savings. Oh. So all of the buses were late mm. and they had no answers because it was like, oh, you're supposed to be here here by then by this by this by this so by the time now mind you i'm trying to go from one day one destination to the other and it takes about four hours overall supposed to be right so by the time they're like well maybe in about 15 20 minutes the bus will get here by that time i'm not going to make it to my destination so i'm giving up at this point so i call my mom and i said Call somebody, I don't know who, but I'm going to drive myself off a cliff. If you mm. do not get myself help right now, yeah. I'm driving myself off a cliff. So I get an Uber or a Lyft to my parents' house and they drive me to Kaiser. Yeah. And they said, this is what's happening. This is the situation. So I get to Kaiser and I'm, I'm a little calmed down. I've had no alcohol. I've had no drugs. I've had nothing. And again, this is... After I've had my kid and after I've dealt with postpartum and after I just dove straight into full on depression and I get to my parents house and my mom said, I'm taking you to Kaiser. Yeah. So I get to Kaiser and they tell me and this is where it gets a little fishy. So the person who was looking after me was brand new. Oh, so mm-hmm. what he didn't realize is, yeah, I said these things. And again, of course, you have to understand that. Yeah, people will say, oh, I'm not going to do it. And then they go and do it anyways. But there's yeah. a there's a difference. There's a level. And, and he ended up putting me into an institution. Mm. And he said he basically was like, I don't I don't know what else to tell you, but. I'm calling a 5150 on you. If you guys don't know what that is, you can look it up. But he said, I'm calling. It's a psych hold. It's a psych hold for at least 72 hours. It's to make sure you're not going to do something. So you give up any basically rights. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I give up everything. Yep. And they said, we're doing a 5150 hold on you. Yeah. And you're going to whatever next. Mm -hmm facility opens and you can't fight it at that no. point you can't say like no 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 i was just kidding nope you can't no. say anything 72 by, hours by that time a 5150 means a 5150 mm-hmm. and they ended up transporting me 90 miles away oh geez 90 90 miles away and again at this time i had a full ass child right so all of a sudden mommy's not coming home mm-hmm. what am i supposed to tell him they take away your phone. They take away your rights. They take away everything. Yeah. And I I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. My parents came and visited me. I was in there for I'm four I'm a little days. surprised that you were allowed visitors. So it's a day by day. So okay. they only allow on a certain day. Mm-hmm. So I, my parents came to visit me one day that I was there. I was only, and I say only loosely, but I was only there for four days. Right. But they drove the 90 miles That's to good. make sure that I was okay. Mm-hmm. And my son, I couldn't even talk to him because, you know, you, you, they give you like a phone for like all of a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who are you supposed to contact? Yeah. Who are you supposed to talk? Like, it was so 
bad. And I'm not saying that I deserve to be treated that way, but I did not feel right in that place. Well, but also once it gets to that point, it's like it's so severe that they have to do that so that you literally do not kill yourself or someone yeah. else. Like Correct. They, like they handcuff you to a bed in some cases. I was It's in- not pleasant it's not meant to be pleasant like mental health and is, they take your blood they they take everything they every take every like two to three yeah. hours you're either in a class or they're giving you drugs or they're taking and your you're blood surrounded you're like wait 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 no 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 this is i not, don't this is yeah. not where i belong I, i'm not but, I, but, oh my god but also no. here's the thing people who truly need that help are saying the same thing. So they can't trust what you say. Oh no, I know she was caught in a bad position, bad mm-hmm. night, whatever it may be. They have to, there's protocol. And they have to treat you as if you are a yeah. real risk at that point. Right. And, exactly. And I don't think I was a real risk. I think, and now me knowing, I don't, at the time was I depressed? Yes. But I suffer more from anxiety mm-hmm. than I do depression. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my thoughts and feelings were anxiety. It was not depression. Did I suffer from postpartum depression? Yes. And I took a lot of medication for that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like the way the depression medication made me feel. So I would stop. But then my anxiety would go through the roof. And I didn't yeah. know there was a difference between depression and anxiety. And so how do your anxiety symptoms manifest? How, what does that look like for you? Because it looks a little bit different in some people. So so for me, anxiety is more of shit that could never, ever happen. But in my head, it's real. Mm-hmm. So one of my biggest phobias are snakes. Mm, mm-hmm. So I'm driving down the road and I refuse to roll my windows down because in my head... I think the car in front of me is going to run over a snake and the snake is going to whiplash and come into Into my window. window. Yeah. That is what anxiety is. Anxiety is bullshit that will- Assuming the worst. So anxiety is bullshit that will never happen. Anxiety is thinking- Assuming the worst. Assuming the worst that will happen of Mm -hmm. anything- Um, So I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but I also have anxiety. And like, I also feel the anxiety that if I don't worry about that worst case scenario, the shit's going to happen. Yes. (laughs) So it's like the added anxiety of it's like, well, I have to let this happen because if I don't let it happen, it's going to happen. Okay. So have you ever, have you ever seen the death of like somebody who has a big platform? Like, like Tupac, Tupac fucking died. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, damn, if I was in Vegas, that shit would have never happened to Tupac. Mm. Like, these are the things that I think in my head. What could I have done? It's your fault it's Tupac my, died? Yeah. Well, come on. <laughs> now, mind you, he died in 95 and I was all of like, what, 11 years old? No, no, no. <laughs> you, you find Sharita at Sharita is Random. She girl's got a YouTube video. She killed Tupac. I, I did. I killed him. Okay, and that makes no Sense. But here's the thing. I know in my mm-hmm. head it makes no sense. I know it's there. I know in my head it makes no sense. Right. But there's something that's like, well, shit, if I could have done something different, mm-hmm. the outcome would not have been this. Yes. So did I did I suffer from depression at one point? Yes. 
mm-hmm. and I took the medications. I didn't like the way the medication made me feel. Nobody does. They suck. They, guys, they suck. suck. And I, oh my gosh. So one time while I was on my medication, I, long story short, I ended up at one of my really good friend's house and I, I don't, I can't tell you exactly what happened, but the next morning I woke up at my parents' house. My car was still at my friend's house and I woke up with something. It was called, um, um, it's called TD tart. No, it's called tardive dyskinesia. That's what it's called. Tard- mm. it's called tardive. tardive dyskinesia. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like Tourette syndrome. I, I was twitching. Mm-hmm. I was having vocal tics mm-hmm. and I had no idea why, but it was be, they still don't know why, but they say it was because of the alcohol plus the antidepressants. But they also said it was because I didn't take my antidepressants for three days. Mm. That's why I don't do antidepressants. I don't, I can't deal with any of that. They're because, bad. because if you're telling me that I can't speak on my own regularly. Mm-hmm. So one of my ticks was the number two. Mm-hmm. And I would, I was sitting there and I'd go two, 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 two. And then I was That's like, okay, this is, this is weird. So I would start counting and I'd go one, two, three, four, two, 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 two. To not be in control of your body is the worst thing ever. And I knew it had to do with the antidepressants. But there are so many ways that you can deal with your anxiety and your depression. And I'm not trying to minimalize it, but but mental illnesses like schizophrenic or bipolar, they need medication. Without a doubt. Period. Right. Those need medications. But anxiety and depression... Those can be dealt with. I found this on the web. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, You're Siri. You're watching us, you. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> but they can be dealt with to an extent mm-hmm. without medication. And that's in large part if you have a good support system. Correct. And my thing is I didn't like people to understand that this is what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And nobody does because there's such a stigma still. And there will be for a long time. It's not like like we're kind of making strides, right? And every time the U.S. has a mass shooting, they're like, oh, mental illness, mental illness, right? But we don't actually ever do anything about it. They don't. What happens if it's a vengeance? What happens if it's something? It doesn't. mm -hmm. Okay, but that's a different conversation for a different day because who are doing the mass shootings? White men. That's a different conversation for a different day. And I'm just assuming like, don't assume. And I understand that. But at the same time, if a black person Mm -hmm. murders somebody or if a police kills a black person because they were acting irrational, that black person never has a mental illness. How come mental illness Mm -hmm. is only for white people? Yeah, white people get to claim mental illness and they never get the label terrorist. Claim insanity. And then, and that's how I grew up yes. because again, I was this happy go lucky and I feel mm-hmm. like I'm still that person. But at the same time, I was like, oh, black people don't get depressed because, oh. because of society. 
I and see that's what, what you're I saying. never that's not. That's yeah, what I never I thought. Black people don't get depressed because they can pray it away. Mm. But me knowing who I am and what I've been through, yeah. no, mental illness is real. It is real oh, and yeah. it is rampant. And it's and, it, and, it, and, and it's it not for has no gender, no sex, no nothing. No race, it does no, no nothing. Age. No, exactly. And again, I was so when I had my kid, I was 26. So I'm thinking I'm going to be happy for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. because I went 26 years being happy, happy, go lucky. And And then then all of a sudden it hit. And I was like, well, there's no way I can be depressed. Right. Not only because of who I am, but because I'm black. And black people don't get depressed. No, they got it away. Interesting. I have a question. Am I the first black person on your podcast? That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cherry popper. <laughs> Cherry popper. <laughs> oh no. Am I the first straight person? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm the, I oh, am wow. the first straight black person on this podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> Congratulations. And that is intersectional. I'm down for Representation. it. Representation. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Okay. So Douglas, now let's pause here. And why don't you tell us about your experiences? All right. So I'm going to bring the room down a notch. So basically my experience is... You know, I find it hard to deal with. I've dealt with many. It's hard to say because I've never been clinically diagnosed. Correct. Okay. I just kind of went off on a whim and everything. And I've had moments and I use alcohol to self-medicate. And I feel like people that deal with depression, that's their easy way out. Only because it's easily acceptable. It's cheap. Alcohol is a socially acceptable coping mechanism. And it's legal. Absolutely. So when and I... And I resorted to drugs too. So so to piggyback off of what you said, when I went to the hospital and they put me on my 5150, the guy told me, he said, the worst drug that I have dealt with is alcohol. Tell us your experience um, with depression is mostly what you deal with, correct? Well, I hope that you have a time enough for a Harry Potter movie. Um, (laughs) Alcohol was never really a problem. And for you until when I started living on my own. And you know me, I'm not I'm not sorry. I'm going to self put me down. I'm no fucking Zac Efron. Who not, in this house is a Zac Efron? Mm-mm. Katie Cleary. <laughs> <laughs> You're a straight white man. Oh, yes. Privilege. I love that for you. I'm, Privilege. I'm yeah. But, I mean, can I get those okay, abs so, though? Over the years, <laughs> it has plateaued and gone down. Thank God. But I mean, I used to have a you know, apartment room in downtown Sacramento, which used to be the pre-party spot. Mm-hmm. Sharita could reconfirm. Yep, yep. We had so much fun, Douglas. Okay, so Douglas, what you're saying is that you never really thought you had an issue with alcohol. And so now the time frame we're talking about is maybe when you're like 25-ish when you had that apartment downtown. Mm-hmm. Or, or when you... 
Yeah. Or Douglas. Time frame. Yeah. And, and I don't mean to bring this up, but like I need oh, to shit. bring it up because that was the one time as your friend that I was one thousand percent worried about you. Mm. When I have my own apartment downtown today, literally, and what I'm we're talking everything. About. I feel like I am. It's everything is not diagnosed. I may say. I feel like I'm this. Sidebar, it's not diagnosed because of the awful state of healthcare in this country and that you do not have a job worth employer benefits. Sharita, yes. Correct. It's because you do not let your physician know. We were just talking about this. I went for you. What's a physician? Oh, God. Lord Jesus. Douglas, we're talking about back in the day. We're talking about mental health as it pertains to how we grew up. How we changed ourselves. I was just telling Katie. My own bitch of a mother tried to kill me. That'll fuck you up. Yeah. When did you start to become aware that alcohol might be a problem in your life? When it became a priority. How old were you? Give or take. 27, 26. Okay. Oh, Texas. Texas, absolutely. Mm, really? So yeah. Douglas moved to Texas with Sarah Lynn a few years ago. After. 2013. Yep. And yes. so what what happened in Texas? Or what were the events that led okay, to you going so to Texas? I got out of... You can uh, say it. And I got out name. of a nasty-ass relationship. Abusive? Yes. Mentally, physically... What yes. whatever because it, because everything. here's the thing here's the thing people will sit there and be like oh a physical re- or a physically um abusive relationship is worse you're getting beat the fuck up no though people will say physical brutality is worse than mental and i do not agree with no. that i've physical never been, can heal mental can't i've no. thank you i've never been beat in my life by somebody I have been told shit that I should have never been told Mm -hmm. while being in a relationship. Yes. So physical, mental abuse, it's all the same. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It hurt physically. Yeah. My jaw hurts. Yeah. I had a broken arm. But mentally, you're fucked for life. Mentally, you can't can't put a bandaid on mental. Hold on. But- that physical abuse will manifest in mental disorders later on. So neither one is appropriate. No. Neither. But for some people to sit there and be and say, oh, physical and mental are completely, yeah, they're different, but I feel like they give the same results. Yeah, there is no he only mentally tormented you for five years. Ashley? This might be off topic and it might be a better topic for like another episode, but I'm actually wondering based on my own experiences, if like part of the reason why you put yourself in a program and like ever even considered like, oh, I might have an issue with alcohol is because um, like substance based recovery programs are much more structured and they offer a lot more support than any kind of like mental health based recovery programs ever could or do currently. I didn't think I had any type of depression. I didn't think I had that. So my whole thing was, oh, I just have an alcohol problem. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is my mental issues were based. Well, again, I had postpartum. 
So that was a thing that I had. Black people don't get depressed. Of course, black people never get depressed. They don't get anxiety. You can just pray it away. Hallelujah. Shuck and jive. I didn't realize that like I was depressed at the time. But like coming to, I understand like what people were trying to say about me. But again, it's it's because I'm black. I can't be this way because I'm this. I can't be that way because I'm a happy, bubbly person. Clearly, I'm not. I can never be depressed. And I heard that. I heard that from my family. So my dad is a massive alcoholic and has been for years for alcoholism, even though the alcoholic themselves is the last one to ever admit it to themselves. Everyone around them is like, yeah, you're drinking too much. Like, this isn't normal. This isn't normal. This isn't normal. Because I feel like alcoholism is a little bit harder to hide than depression. Because in my experience, people who are depressed are the best at faking their happiness. They put on a smile no matter what because they're always feeling some level of sad. And so they learn to deal with it. And so their threshold for the BS goes up and up and up. And what they can fake their way to overcome goes up and up and up. For for example, do you know how many people I get telling me, Sharita, why are you so nice to these racist people, these mm. blatant racist people? Okay, let's reel it back because we will have an episode upcoming. Sharita and I have already recorded it, and so it's We it's talked be about a doozy. me being the angry black person, the <laughs> angry black woman, and, and I promise I'm not angry, but I'm just fed up. Oh, girl. Yes. <laughs> and that episode is probably coming around, I don't know, maybe 4th of July. I think it's appropriate. I think that's okay, super appropriate. Let's get back to Douglas. So Douglas, um, Douglas. drank a lot, but was I'm also like here. a mid 20 year old man living in downtown. Like, of course yeah. you would drink a lot. And so it's easy to overstep that and not really think that that's any kind of an issue. Yes. And then you were in this abusive relationship with Freddie. Who, yes. who are we saying his name? Yes, okay. because you always call, call out an abuser. And, and I'm yeah. okay with that. I, I'm I'm 1,000% Freddy. okay with that. My main point is that Freddie, so when I was living downtown, I wasn't even dating Freddie at the time. Yeah, because um, he was 12. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. I, on an upcoming episode. I'm not a pedophiler. I'm, Fuck off. A pedophiler. Statutory rape. Douglas, Fuck I'm, off. I'm joking. I'm joking. Listeners don't know that. Okay, we gotta... So, Douglas, your story. I've always dealt with depression. Whether it was on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the worst, it could range from 10 to 5. When I knew it was an issue Mm -hmm. was when I lived with friends. Okay, I've always been insecure by the way I look. I wasn't sex on a stick. I wasn't anything to gawk at. But I wasn't ugly. I've always dealt with weight. And there was a time when I lived on my own, I lost a lot of weight. And Adderall? Adderall, absolutely. Okay, so yes, I was on Adderall. It made me lose weight very quickly. Yes, it made me... Skinny. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was a prescribed thing, so I can easily, at the time, get it. Am I proud of it? No. Would I still do it? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So at the time, did you link that at all with any kind of 
depression symptoms? Absolutely, because okay. depression, you hate yourself. Mm-hmm. You fucking hate yourself. Sometimes, yeah, that's a symptom You look sometimes. in the mirror and you'll be like, Sharita's sure saying no. I'm saying no because I didn't hate myself. I'm saying no because I didn't think depression was that. Mm-hmm. But our Hating yourself? I never hated myself. When I was going through my postpartum, I didn't hate myself. Yeah. And, it, and it manifests differently in different people. And so for you, yes, it absolutely yeah. could be you hated yourself. You like, hated yeah. yourself. I did not. Oh. I have been depressed before, like very much so. And never did I hate myself, but I have absolutely had periods of time being like, my life sucks yeah. and it's not worth living. And all of this effort but is me not too, worth though. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, okay, but I so- also think there's a difference I'm anxious. I feel like I have my depression under control. That's good. That's mm-hmm. a step in the right direction. I feel like I'm good. Yep. Depression, perfect. Anxiety, that's going to be the death of me. Yeah. That's that's where my issue lies, mm-hmm. is anxiety. That is a hard struggle. And I think people who don't have experience with anxiety don't know how overwhelming it can be. Depression is... Easy in a lot of ways to hide. You put Absolutely. on the mask and you go out. Yes. And so you can hide it for years. You and can I hide drink. It for decades. I self-medicate mm-hmm. myself with alcohol. I get it. I do it. And a lot of people seem happier I when they're drunk. I also, I do drag. I d- express myself. I love drag is a form of. Is drag your way of, of not being depressed? No, drag is kind of. Is it an escape? Is it an outlet? Drag is many things, mm-hmm. but an escape is definitely a big part of it. I don't when I don't like being myself, and when I want to do drag, and people are like, "Why are you doing drag?" Because I don't. Because maybe cares? I'll Because you like it. I don't Who have to cares? fucking justify it for yes, you. Yes. Fuck but off. If you like it, I love it. Let's reel it back to mental health. To mental yeah. health. Yes. Okay, Thank so you, Sharia. Yes. <laughs> I drink a lot. My mom knows it. Everyone knows it. My best friend, Sarah Lynn, knows it. Everyone knows it. I drink a lot. Big flying fucking deal. I'm choosing to do it. But here's the thing. Three years ago, mm-hmm. I was at a work event and it was, I mean, now, you know, I'm doing good in the company. Back then I was doing good. Um, it was a work event that to where it was hosted at the owner's house and we were playing games. Alcohol was provided. So if you provide alcohol, you know shit's going to hit the fans sometime, somewhere, someplace. Of course. Yes. And, you know, I'm not shy to a vodka handle. And <laughs> Wait, what kind of vodka? Neither is anyone else. Nope. Irrelevant. It was vodka. Yep. Perfect. It could be... Irrelevant. Well, Popov or Irrelevant. it could be Grey Goose. It That's doesn't matter. Bad. It was still vodka. When I drink heavily, I bring out my... I don't like to talk about my issues unless I'm drunk because I can't. Mm. You're a sad do drunk. It. Let's let's call I'm a spade a, a spade. You're a sad, sad. drunk. It, you're sad. It depends on what I'm drinking and how much I'm drinking. Okay, that's valid. It, yes. Yeah. Yes. So if I'm drinking beers, because you even said, Katie, you were 
like, this is lovely. I love Douglas. I love Teal Death. I mm-hmm. love all this. You're like, and I was like, yeah, I drink Blue Moons. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, there we go. oh, yeah. Oh, Blue that's it. Moon. You didn't drink shot, shot, shots and drinks, drinks, yes. drinks, meaning hard liquor like vodka. And folks, PSA, if you're going to be a adult who drinks alcohol, Please know how different kinds of alcohol affects you in different situations. Absolutely. I cannot drink red wine because I get too giggly. Really? I can't drink Jägermeister because I've gone to fights. Oh. So back to ending my life. It's <laughs> a good segue. I mean. Because like suicide, it cuts through the bullshit. I'm trying to tell my story. Okay, and every go. time I try to tell it, it. It's true. So. I was at a work event and everyone was drinking, including me. And mm-hmm. um, I took a little bit too much and everything. And then I downed um, 12 to 15, maybe 20 ibuprofen mixed with the alcohol. I remember that. It was a handful upon handful. And I would also like to preface this with you work with someone who bullies you and was bullying you that night. Period. Like I. Um, I took many, many pills mixed with shots and vodka and whatever else. Wine, champagne. They always say never mix your liquor. Well. We all do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to Sarah Lid. I was talking to Sharita. I w- they were in helps. And I woke up in a fucking CAT scan in a hospital. I was told I was found in the bottom of a swimming pool. And I was just minutes from death. I just I'm sorry to bring the room down a notch. I just This is real things and this is what depression does. This is mental health. Everybody's seeing. Like I'm not No, nobody's seeing anything, Douglas. I want to make light of it. I don't like to deal with No, you should I don't like to No, there's no light. There's no light because these are your feelings. This is what happened to you. This is this is what happened to you. And your friends didn't know how bad it was until this situation. And so Sharita got that call that you were found at the bottom of a swimming pool. I got that call because Sarah Lynn called your mother. It, it, it had nothing to do with who you are as a person. Douglas, not this, at all. This happened years ago and I we're sitting in the same room. Luckily and thankfully. Thankfully we're sitting in the same room. But you also have to know that depression is a mental health issue. You and did it's not in just, different forms. And so is alcoholism. Yes. So I, when you mix the two, you're fucked. Douglas, I understand that. I understand that. I'm trying to tell my story and it's just, I've never fully told it. Yeah, we're we're here for you. No, it's- No, we want to hear your story, please. I also think that stories don't have to ever be fully resolved in order Mm -hmm. to be 
meaningful. Yes. So like the fact that you went through it and the fact that you might not know at this point, like what it means or like where it points you right now, doesn't mean that it's not an important story for you and it's not important for other people to hear. I've never felt confident in myself. I bring it on myself. I do. I will take 100% blame because it's an easy laugh. It's an easy whatever. And that's also very sad to hear as a friend. And really, you're like my brother. Dylan? Yes. (laughs) But you're like a brother to me. I see you more often than I see my brother. (laughs) I think I've seen Douglas more than I've seen Dylan in like a long periodically time. But a little bit of part of the point of mental health is that it doesn't just go away. It doesn't just resolve itself. And many people have tried suicide and that does not mean you're weak. It does not mean it's your fault. It means you are a victim of, like you said, your mother tried to kill you. That will fuck a person up. For life. And And she tries to deny it. And I'm like, mom, you're fucking lying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get it out. Like, and- just admit it. I'll respect you more. I've been in both places. You know, I've been in the place where I'm like, okay, like, I, I've i wanted to kill myself. And, like, I've been in a place where, like, I tried. And it was so stupid because, I, I like, I had nothing around me. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have a gun. I didn't have a knife. I didn't have anything. Right. And I was like, well, mm, here it is. And I, I did my last calls. I've yeah. done I've done it all. But there's 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 different types. You have your person who like Douglas, if if Douglas would have ended his life that night, nobody would have been like, "Well, what the, like what the fuck happened?" You know, like mm-hmm. people would have just been like confused. Yes. Because he didn't let anybody know that he was It would have depre- written off as an accident or a freak mm, accident. I don't believe that. However, Alcohol swimming, they would have written okay, off you're as right. a freak accident. You're right. You're right. I'm. You're right. Yeah. They would have. They would have been like, oh, he was drunk and he dived. He dove into the pool and then like. Blah, blah. I don't even remember myself diving in. I don't remember taking the pills. Correct. So, however, like with me, I sat there and was like, mm, gonna contemplating? kill myself. Oh, oh, I sat there and I was like, oh, I'm gonna kill myself. Did I know how I was gonna do it? No. However, but people that don't deal, here's another thing though. People that don't deal with depression will never get to you ever. And that's the yes. thing because okay, so I tell Douglas They don't understand what you're going through. So I tell so Douglas how I, dare they judge? I tell Douglas all the time. Douglas, you could be the the most famous, wonderful person in the world mm-hmm. because you have a good personality. People Robin love Robin Williams. <laughs> yep. Huh? Robin Williams, right. one of the best ever Comedians. Comedy comedians actors and, and that's how he I, dealt with depression and that's how I feel about Douglas. I feel like Douglas has this great personality and he can do this and this and this and this. It's a shadow, but and mm-hmm. and that's literally what it is. It's a performance. Yeah, it, it is. It's a performance. And so when I look at shit like that, I look at myself and I'm like, well, am I just a performance? You know. And so Sometimes you, yes, though. Yeah. Be real. Yes, you are. Sometimes yes. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I, think I you am. Are. 
I think you hide. You like, like for me, for me that deals with heavy depression, that deals with that, you your biggest enemy is vulnerability. Yourself. Because you actually. do not want anyone to show their real mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. Because God for fucking bid, they see it. And we're not in a society where talking about mental health is really all that acceptable. No, we it's, do. it's not at all. And that is a bigger killer than suicide in this country. It is. Yeah. The I agree. not having access to healthcare, mental health care, or even just having sometimes these little offshoots of issues and be like, oh, well, maybe I'm having a bad day or a bad year or this negative thing just happened. Well, and, and like so with have- this quarantine, like people that can yeah. afford health care that deal with, you know, depression and everything. And maybe their self-diagnosis was mm. social. They want to hang out with friends and everything. You strip them of that. Right. They have... Like- Nothing. Social anxiety, social depression, social whatever it is. And they wonder why suicide went up. When your safety net on a day-to-day basis pre-pandemic is to be social and to hang out with other friends, and then you lose that entire system, you best believe, yes, people are going to take a nosedive. Yeah. And so we, as fellow members of the same global community, can try and understand that. Let's rewind Back to Douglas because yeah. that was a very real situation, a very scary situation. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Take a shot. Let's no. do a shot. No more yeah. shots. No more shots. Shots make you sad, everyone. Shots make you sad. I have to Alcohol go home. makes you sad. No, you it's know what? It's a depressant. It is. Yeah. And people sit there and they're like, oh, every time I drink, I'm happy. I'm this. I'm happy. I'm that. But For a alcohol, minute. But alcohol is a truly yes. depressant. Yes. Yeah. And folks, in the moment you might think that alcohol is making you happy in quotes, right? No, what is more likely in that situation to be making you happy is that you're out hanging out with friends doing something and you're getting that social interaction. Right. Yeah. The next morning, it's not just a hangover you're dealing with. It is the depressant effects yeah. of alcohol. And folks, especially if you're already on yeah. any kind of over-the-counter, uh, nope, any kind of prescribed anti-anxiety or antidepressant well, and that's, that's why, why I you up and that's why I stopped well I don't want to say that's why but I stopped taking it because that's like it I was it right so I, so say I was on mm-hmm. antidepressant and they're like mm, you can't eat shrimp anymore what the fuck do you mean I can't eat shrimp Oh, it it might hinder your, you know, your depressant. Yeah. If they tell you your birth control <laughs> is not going to work if you <laughs> eat sushi, you're, you're not going to have sex that night. Fuck that because Fuck I it. love sushi and that's and that's the thing. <laughs> I love sushi. I mm-hmm. love like these are the things that I like but, and all of a sudden they're trying to tell me, "Oh, you can't eat it because like if you want you as a as an adult decide to have sex, you might get pregnant. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want that in my life. Well, because would you rather have sushi or another child? I want sushi. Right. <laughs> don't we all? No. You know so you're gonna abstain <laughs> that night. Not having a child. Okay, so Douglas, I feel like we need to circle back. We will give ourselves Ten more Circle minutes. Circle back the fourth fucking time. Did eighteenth? And, and I already talked about like me and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. So you are now Shreda, in you're the. You're cut off. Okay, so hold on. So, <laughs> so at this point, 
Sharita is now in a mental facility for four days. Her parents visited her once. At this point in Douglas's story, he has now woken up in a CAT scan machine, not knowing that he was at the bottom of a pool, not knowing that he was seconds away from death, but very much having just attempted suicide. Douglas, did they put you in a facility or what? Okay, so I have been put in a 5150. Yes, I was in two days at Heritage Oaks, a crazy house. (gasps) Stop. I can say that. So can I, but that doesn't mean you should. A mental institution. It's like a hospital, but not for physical attributes. A mental health facility. Yes, correct. There we go. Fucking crazy house. Yes, I spent one overnight there. They asked me questions. They said spell world backwards. And they. Interesting. Legit. Yeah. They spell That's Apple hard. backwards. And then they asked, so how did you get here? Because they were trying to match it. And they're like, okay, you're good. And then one of my old friends I could care two shits about. Her name is. She picked me up and brought me home. Um, yeah, I stayed overnight one night. When I first got brought there, it was at 3 a.m. I stayed through the day overnight. My mom and my aunts, she flew down from Louisiana at the time. Mm-hmm. They came to visit me and I talked. Uh, at any point, did they take a day and a half any responsibility for their actions in this entire situation? No, it had nothing to do with them. That's disturbing. So going back to when I was woken up in a CAT scan after willingly trying to end my fucking life, mm-hmm. I hated myself. I hated my life. I so, I still kind of do. I don't like anywhere where I'm going. I'm still blessed by the people I have in my life helping me. But what am I doing for myself? Well, I don't like, I don't. No, 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 no. What you're doing for yourself is. You are continuing to do drag, which brings you joy. What Correct. you are doing for doesn't pay bills, but okay. No, it doesn't. What you are continuing to do for yourself is distance yourself from your mother. You that don't live bitch. with her. You talk to her occasionally, but not as frequently as you used to. What you are doing for yourself is you have a job. You actually are still working during the pandemic. Also, during the pandemic, you are going out of your way to call people and reconnect socially with folks who you don't even always talk to, but you are taking the step and being proactive and finding that social link in today's society. It when It does nothing. It, it doesn't make me feel wanted. This is what depression looks like it's sometimes self-hatred self-loathing hating your life even though you hate every thing that i do i drink so much to I look every day in the mirror and I, it's a quick fix. Mm -hmm. I'm not 
desirable. I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You just, you, Douglas. In my you, own self. No. I'm not. So Douglas. you don't like your own self. That's why, why do you think I always get dressed up as teal death? Because when I'm teal, I'm like, I have that passion that I wish Douglas possesses. Mm-hmm. But teal does. But listen to what you just said. You do. You said that Douglas possesses that same passion. And so. I wish. Douglas does. We've seen it. We've seen it. Do you remember that dance routine you did at Sac Pride when y'all were wearing those plaid farmer shirts and you were in the front row? Yes. Having so much fun. You had the biggest smile on out of every single cheerleader that entire day, bussing out. And I don't even know what dance routine it is. I have that video and you looked so happy. And you get that happy when you're playing with Camden, when you are at work with your kids, when you're hanging out with us, when you're doing drag. That also doesn't have boys knocking at the door. Don't worry about them. They don't, they do not define you. And that's a different issue because I know gay men in this town. They only care about looks. You know gay men. They do. Mm -hmm. They only care about looks. That's like, and I know this from listening to Katie's podcast. (laughs) She always is like, oh, well, this is just how the lesbian community is. Yes. (laughs) That's how it is. That's how men are. It doesn't matter if you're a gay man. It doesn't matter if you're a straight man. It doesn't matter if you're a trans man. Men are the same. And I cannot relate to Katie. I cannot relate to Ashley. They're bullshit. Because I am not a lesbian woman. Well, men. I'm talking men. Men. But that's what I'm saying is I cannot relate to them. I cannot relate to them because I am not a lesbian woman. But... What I do is I learn from her podcast because what she's told me is like, well, I mean, that's just how it is in the lesbian community. And I'm and I'm like, well, I mean, I don't really get that another. I feel like we need another gay man here. Maybe he will give some intake as well. But it sucks like it fucking sucks. I've always been attracted to guys that have never it was never reciprocated. It was never that point. So maybe okay, maybe I. So that means we just change your filters realm. on the dating apps. Exactly. That's a you problem, Douglas. We bring you to more social events. We go. You need people that are going to accept you. That as don't you. care about exterior motives. Not the they're exterior. No, Douglas. that is a thing. Yes, like yes. Some of the gay men are in the gym all the time, and their vein is all hell. Some women are like that too. But that doesn't define you, right? That's just one characteristic of the overall person. And so we take you out into the gay community and we introduce you to actual real people instead of just an app and you're going to find a completely different thing. Like part of your, quote, issue with not being able to meet guys is because you're not out in the social space. It's very hard to meet someone just on an app. Correct. I do agree with that. I just, I don't, I'm not... I'm not friends with gay men, which is very weird. One, sorry, weird is a wrong word. It's very 
uncommon like i hang out with all straight people i don't think it's uncommon i don't think it's hello straight people dominate this world i don't think it's uncommon at all we just need to get you into the spaces where the gay men are right like kickball tripled the amount of friends i have in this town right different meetup groups huge increase into the amount of friends that i have but it also takes effort i've spent the last several years trying to develop a friend base that I actually enjoy hanging out with. And so because of that, I know all these awesome people. And so now, yes, you need to put your best foot forward and actually go out and try to do that. And it's scary and it's hard, but Sharita and I will be your wing women. We'll Mm. get you some gay guys. Hello, I'll talk to Jose. Jose wants you to be his drag mother. We just need to get him over here. But we're in a pandemic. So both Sharita... And Douglas have ended up in a mental health facility because of the depression and anxiety in their life. Correct. Made worse by not having a proper diagnosis and not having proper medication or health care. No diagnosis. mm -hmm, Or access to a qualified health professional to speak with. Correct. Right. And so all of those are issues around the country. I don't know if any country does this well, but the United States is terrible at it. I heard Canada was good. Canada's great at everything. Canada and beautiful people teach their kids multiple languages. So a couple of takeaways from this episode, access to the proper healthcare medication and professionals to actually help you is critical. If you yourself are listening to this and you think you might be depressed or anxious or have any other mental health issues, please seek help. There are 1-800 number. Yes. Talk to your friends if you can. Talk to a stranger online. Like any kind of thread to a social interaction that you can have will help you. Because you may never know. You may never know. No matter if it's because you just had a kid or you didn't think that you could ever be depressed. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing is you didn't think it could ever happen to you. But the thing is, is it happens to everybody. Or you may feel unloved. Mm -hmm. You may feel like no one, you may feel like you're stuck in your rut on your day to day basis. You go to work, you come home, you, you have a pattern Mm -hmm. that you want to break away from. And yet No one wants you. It manifests in so many different ways. Do research on your own if you can. Tell your loved ones if you can. It takes a lot of strength and it might be one of the hardest things that you ever do in your life, but it's worth it. And especially if it has the potential to save your life. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Join us next month when we are going to bring it up a notch and have some gay culture and it's pride month and pride month it's pride month without going to pride it's going to be a first for a while it's a self quarantine pride which means Mm -hmm. free alcohol no what it means is we're not going to get so much glitter on us from all those people i know we basically and we I, would basically look like a dehydrated Christmas tree. And I want to know how you feel about just straight allies in general. I will talk to you about that in June. 
Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll see you in June. All right. Thank you for listening, right. everyone. Bye. Reach out. It could save your life. And be a sounding board to anyone in your life who you think may be struggling. Thank you. Thank, yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We've laughed. We've cried. Mm-hmm. We've given our advice. We've given advice. Now go forth and live with pride. Yeah, live with pride. Yeah. Oh. Ow. Oh, too.